0: Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Now, this is a show that's basically here to help you deliver e-commerce wow and to help us do just that. Today, we are chatting with Anna Fratwell from Neon Digital Clicks about mastering multi-channel marketing with a slight bent on how we do that to families. Oh, yes, I am looking forward to this one. We're going to get into it. But before we do... Let me just remind you, if you haven't done so already, to to, to subscribe, I can't even talk, to subscribe to the e-commerce podcast newsletter. Uh, It's it's just really simple. Head over to the website, ecommercepodcast.net, fill out the little email thing, and we will send you the newsletter every week. And things like the show notes, the links, the key insights from the guests, they all come straight to your inbox totally for free every week. It's a great little newsletter, so make sure you subscribe to that. And also I wanna give a big shout out to the amazing e-commerce cohort, which is the whole reason we can bring you this e-commerce podcast. Oh, yes it is. They enable, what? I say they the e-commerce cohort. If you don't know, is our mastermind. It's like our membership group that you can be a part of. Prices start from just seventeen bucks a month. cheapest chips, uh, but you learn a lot. We've got workshops. We've got coaching. I mean, there's all kinds of things in there. So if you're involved in e-commerce, you are definitely going to want to check that out. And you can find out more information at e-commercecohort.com. That's e-commercecohort.com. Check it out. We'll see you in there now let's talk about today's guest shall we uh we are talking to anna fratwell yes we are the marketing maestro with a knack for making e-commerce brands shine especially as i said in the whole family and even dare i say i shall probably whisper women's wear realms and no one <laughs> and no 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 she absolutely refuses to believe that anyone over 25 years have zipped by in their marketing adventures. Oh yes, she's a digital wizard at conjuring up growth spells through the mystical arts of paid traffic and email marketing. Her secret power is making brands go from unnoticed to unmissable. Oh yes, Anna, great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining me. How are we doing today?
1: Thank you so much for having me here. And, yeah, no, all's good. I'm, I love the intro. Thank you for that. That was a brilliant start.
0: <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it, but I genuinely can't. <laughs> uh, that is the production team. Uh, I have no doubt working their secret magic powers. Um, but uh, that said, I mean, it's, you know, this is what you do, isn't it? Um, yeah. You are called Neon Digital Clicks. And I, you know what, mm-hmm. Anna, let me just start by saying that. 98% of people that consume the content of this podcast do it in an audio format, right? So mm-hmm. they listen to it, say, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Sure. Occasionally, uh, we have people either watch on YouTube. Um, I think there's about 400 or people that watch on YouTube. And we also do, you know, the usual sort of reels, Instagram reels and things like that. Yeah. So. We have a few people that watch on video, but most people are listening. The reason why I'm mentioning this is because <laughs> your company is called Neon Digital Clicks. And I feel like uh, you have got this neon background thing pretty much set up. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like I'm back in a 1980s sort of uh, something. I'm not quite sure. Uh, and we've got uh, in the background, we glow together. Uh, in, a, do. in a neon form. So uh, I think it's uh, You're I think supposed it's great. to
1: then go straight into Greece and start singing. From That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get an earworm okay. now.
0: <laughs> just as long as I know what I'm supposed to. Here, here's the thing, uh, and full disclosure, Anna, no one, no one, not even the angels want to hear me sing, right? It's just... If my wife is to believe, it's something that is not blessing humanity in any way.
1: <laughs> okay, you can stick with the earworm then, you'll have it all day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What about us in the UK are you? Uh,
1: we're kind of just between Bath and Salisbury, so southwest.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. down south. Like nice part of the
1: world, yeah. Just outside yeah, so yeah. Longley actually, that's usually our marker. Oh, okay. We can quite often hear the lines sometimes, so...
0: <laughs> oh, roar. Uh, for those who don't know, there's a big safari park, isn't there, in London? Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just, you just don't have lions roaming around in the No, <laughs> no,
1: we're not in some kind of stately, bizarre, <laughs> <laughs> time king. Setting. Well,
0: that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, it's good to know. That's <laughs> It'd be an interesting, uh, well, I'd say interesting. I don't think it would be as interesting. Uh, you know long longleats versus the, the tiger king or whatever it was um but yes no fascinating well wow. so you're um you're with a company neon digital clicks is that your company or is yes, that a is. company you're part of
1: nope that's my company yeah
0: and how long has it been floating around
1: so probably about five years now um we've kind of last three years we've scaled quite significantly but yeah total five years now we're a small team of specialists within kind of each field of the marketing mix that we deliver for our clients so it's
0: yeah
1: yeah, about five years and we've uh grown quite a lot in the last three
0: yeah it's interesting isn't it the whole world has changed in the last sort of three years really and um it it sort of intrigues me Neon Digital Clicks, it's a marketing agency, I'm guessing, just yeah. from the you know the, the title, and also what we're going to be talking about, to be fair. Um, is that something that you've been involved with for a while, or did you just wake up one day and thought, you know what, I'm just going to start a marketing no. agency?
1: So, I mean, I've, I've worked in marketing for sort of 25 odd years, and I started out actually in PR and worked for some of the world's biggest ad agencies, working in PR, and then worked in-house for a couple of companies. And I think one of the things that traditionally, 25 years ago, which was quite frustrating <laughs> about PR, was that you know, it was very difficult to kind of prove your worth yeah. within that mix. And it was always kind of a challenge. I mean, talking back then, we were getting rulers out and measuring the content within a magazine to then try and put some advertising cost against it to prove, you know, that article would have cost this as an ad and things like that. So that was always kind of a big frustration. Um, And I remember setting up a Facebook page for a big retail company that I was working for. And it was kind of the start of the moment at which I started to become really passionate about digital marketing and what could be achieved through digital marketing. And it's kind of, that's where it started. Um, and then fast forward a bit, I had my second child um, about six, five and a half years ago, and it was that point at which I thought, Do you know what? I've always wanted to set up my own thing. Now is the opportunity to take everything I've learned and gathered through working in some really big agencies, working in-house, mm. and actually, mm. what was it that I loved about that? What was it as a someone in health that I didn't like about working with agencies. What did I do, you know, what did I like about working with agencies? And now it's my opportunity to create something myself. So that's what I did.
0: Oh, well done. Thank it's um, it, it, it's quite a common story uh, mm. for a lot of agency owners. It's like, oh, I did this, but I just wanted to do it myself. And I thought, why not give it a go? Had what yeah. Michael Gerber calls an entrepreneurial seizure, uh, <laughs> which I think is such a great phrase. Um, <laughs> And um, away you go. So here we are some sort of five years later. I'm curious, right, because you said that you did a lot of PR. There's a a phrase which I have heard banded around a lot recently. Um, And I'd love your insights, your thoughts uh, on this. And that phrase is digital PR. We should Mm -hmm. be investing in digital PR. Now, I know that's not the title of the podcast, but I'm kind of curious. This is your background. What is digital PR? And is it something that I really need to think about?
1: For me, I mean, we don't actually do any digital PR within the agency, but for me, it kind of ties very closely in with things like SEO. um, And Mm. it kind of, you know, if we're working with a client that is hot on their SEO and they're working with um, a digital PR agency as well, as as one that's kind of doing it offline as well, we we will see improved performance. It's kind Mm. of that overall multi-channel mix that just enhances and leverages everything for a client and i think that you know if you've got people who are coming across your brand because they've read it in an article online or they've picked it up through a blog or something like that because of the efforts of the digital marketing team a digital pr team it's only going to help through you know tie in and help with your efforts on google ads and things like that so yeah I think it's it's one of those things, isn't it, is, you know, you've got to assess. There are so many things you can do. <laughs> Where are you going to start? Where are you going to stop? And one mm-hmm. of the things that I'm kind of quite passionate about is making sure you've got all the foundations ready before you start putting money into something. And then when you do start to put money into something, making sure that you do that thing well and not spreading yeah. yourself too thin across you know it's like shiny object syndrome and thinking oh my goodness do I need to be on TikTok let's head over to TikTok now or do I need yeah. to be here do I oh I haven't got a Pinterest page maybe I'll set you know do your core things really really well and then build from there and that's kind of what so what
0: would doing. you what would you say the core things are for you yes, I mean it's sage what, advice and I'm I'm kind of curious you know um, in the sense of if you're going to do core marketing activities, what are the core marketing activities every e-commerce business should be thinking about?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we have kind of like a process that we'll go through and it's part of our, our conversations that we have with leads when they come through and we get on that first call to do a bit of it, um Kind of digging in to find out what they're about what their goals are and things like that and one of the things so we'll kind of look at their website make sure that that's really well optimized make sure that their mm-hmm. conversion rate is strong and it's it's a good conversion rate and it's ready for sending traffic to so that's kind of number one if you've not got a great conversion rate or if your conversion rate needs some work to it don't start spending money on anything to try and get more traffic there focus there first <laughs> so that's kind of step one and then Mm -hmm. we're kind of talking about broadening out those foundations and that does include things like SEO, it does include things like um, making sure you've got a really good email marketing platform set up so we work with Klaviyo, making sure that's integrated, making sure that all those basic flows are set up and ready for you to then when you are spending money and sending traffic to your site you're using every possible opportunity To either capture someone for a later date if they don't make an instant conversion or convert them to a sale then and there So they're kind of like the foundational elements we look at and then from our point of view where we see the most success is a combination of Google Ads and Facebook Ads together to Kind of use them as almost like Facebook as that top of funnel awareness driver and then Google as that kind of recapture as well as a bit of Kind of picking people up who are actively searching for something that you've got to sell yeah. to them, and um, so that's kind of the combination that's worked really well for us is making sure that we've got a really solid Facebook ad strategy, Google ad strategy, and then underpinning that with some email marketing as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? You, you you talk about this as a as the sort of the foundations. Um, mm. I think you're right. I think having Having an optimized website is 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 a good place to start because yeah. I remember one client came to us and said, Listen, um, what do you what do you think to our, our business? And I looked at what they were doing, I looked at what their competitors were doing. I'm like, Well, your competitors are selling ten times as much as you from what I can gather online. Mm-hmm. And um he's like, Well, okay, so to increase our volume by 10 fold, I need to increase my ad budget by tenfold, don't I? And I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no, not at all. I'm like, first and foremost, you before you spend any money on increasing ads, you've got to look at your conversion rate. So the conversion rate for you is like a fifth of what it is for your competitors. Yeah. So um, they're maybe spending twice as much on advertising, but overall they're getting 10 times as many yeah. sales. Um, and a lot of that is down to their website. You can be better off rather than spending an extra 30 grand on ads investing in your website and getting yeah, your conversion totally. rate sorted. Mm. It was a very difficult conversation for him to hear because ads, it's easy, isn't it? In a lot of ways, you kind of go, well, I need more sales, therefore I i, I will yeah. increase my spending on ads because it's easy, it's quick, and you can outsource that to an agency. And you go, well, you just, just double my sales. There you go. Yeah. Um, whereas increasing website conversion, whilst there is science behind it, there's also an art involved and it's yeah, not as straightforward yeah.
1: right mm, definitely and it's also things like you know some of the conversations that we will have in that initial call with someone is just making sure that they've got a really solid understanding of those numbers as well and you know what are your margins are your mar- margins mm. strong enough to sustain an ad campaign and spend that needs to go towards that ad campaign and you know are you maximizing your average order value and things like that to make sure that when someone lands that your conversion rate is strong, but you're also getting them to mm. spend the most yeah. you can possibly get them to spend so that that cost per click that you've got then just kind of transforms.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then when you've done that, yes, mm-hmm. we can start to talk about increasing ad spend, like with AdWords and Google Ads and things like that, which is great, you know, and I, I think it's very sage advice. Um, yes. and, underpin- and underpinning that, you had email. Um, Mm -hmm. Interesting you chose Klaviyo, which seems to be the thing that 98% of e-com businesses are using now. I don't know what the exact number is, but everyone I talk to is now using Klaviyo. Is there a reason you chose Klaviyo over other platforms?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've tried other platforms. Klaviyo for us is just um, incredibly intuitive. It's built for e-commerce. We're able to do so much more with it. We see um, great deliverability with Klaviyo as well. So we are just when we compare if we I'll quite often say if we've got someone on MailChimp or something like that and, and we talk to them about taking them over to Clavio, you know, I I'm always entirely confident that they'll make that money back in terms of extra cost it will cost to go through Clavio very, very quickly because the results mm. we're seeing are so good.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's really, really powerful point. Yeah. I'm smiling because I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, a good friend of mine. He's not involved in e commerce, but we just, we'd, two old men sat in a restaurant eating, <laughs> catching it with each other. I haven't seen each other for a little while, and we're just having a gab. And we got onto the conversation of Zoom because obviously, Zoom, I yeah, mean, yeah. in the, pan, the pandemic, you know, if it was ever good for a company, it was good for Zoom, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it just came seemingly out of nowhere change the world in that sort of sphere and yeah become the market leader. And we were talking about that and he's he he made a really interesting point. He's like, well where was Skype? I know. You know yeah. Microsoft bought Skype. They had all this money behind it, but where was Skype? And it kind of feels a little bit I'm saying now, well where was MailChimp? Mm-hmm. You know, and Clavio seems to have been this new kid on the block that I know it's been around for a little while. But it seems to now be the market leader where you kind of go, well, that was MailChimp's domain because everybody used MailChimp years ago. Um, But for whatever reason, they've not innovated and they've not kept up. Um, And it just seems like more and more people are switching to this. I think you're
1: right. And I think it's almost like they are starting to innovate, but not at the pace at which they need to innovate either. Mm. And I think there's so much more that's kind of happened with the likes of Clavio in terms of integrations. You know, we can integrate Clavio seamlessly with Facebook ads and we can kind of Mm. share that data. And there's no need to bring in like Zapier or anything like that to push data between Mm. two platforms. So for us, it's kind of, it, it just makes everything far more streamlined, far more effective. When we're combining yeah. multiple platforms together um, for an end goal for a customer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, this is interesting. Yeah, uh, interesting uh, that you, everyone seems to be going down that road.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but which is good. I use Clavio myself on, uh, or Clavio. Is it Clavio or Clavio? I, I don't know. I don't
1: know. Tomato, tomato, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But we use it ourselves for our own econ businesses. So I uh, have we've used MailChimp. We've u- I mean, we've used just about all of them, I think, yeah. over the years. And Clavio seems to be the one that we sort of stuck with at the moment um, uh, for now until I test drive another one, I'm sure, at some yeah. point. The tech team hate it. Oh, Matt, not another email <laughs> platform. Um so let's talk about multi channel marketing. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about it specific because at the start, when we were talking about this, we said we're going to talk about managing, um, mastering multi channel marketing. Mm-hmm. And I said with a specific bent on family mm-hmm. um, because that's what you guys are pretty hot on. Well, I mean, this seems to yeah. be one of the things you have an agency sort of got into that whole <coughs> sphere of things, right?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think it kind of naturally happened initially in that, you know, as a parent, we were talking to parent brands, and over time, it's where we've kind of honed our craft, as it were, and that's where we kind of specialize. Um, and it's a really interesting sector to work in because I think, you know, what's great is I mean, between us in the agency, I think we've we did a headcount the other day, and I think we've got like 14 kids, so we kind of like we can understand. You know, no matter what it, the problem is that that parent might be having, yeah. we can someone can put themselves in their shoes. So that's yeah. kind of brilliant, and it just being able to talk to a client who's got a, a family brand, whether that's kind of a baby product, a kids product, whatever it is, being able to talk to them in the language that their customer is talking is just amazing. Mm. But also from like a multi-channel marketing perspective, we obviously. You know, we know what it's like as parents, how distracted we are. You know, if we take um, one of the brands we work with is a sleep aid for babies. And I myself had a baby that did not sleep, refused. sleeping was for kind of wimps. We're not going to do that. (laughs) And, you know, the amount of stuff that I bought in the middle of the night while scrolling Facebook and it's things like that and being able to kind of go... Okay, let's test sending emails at two o'clock in the morning because there might be parents scroll just desperately trying to yeah. distract themselves, keep themselves awake, and they yeah, will, yeah. you know, be Very hooked clear. in quite easily to something that really talks to that particular pain point in that moment. So there's lots of yeah. strategies that we're able to kind of hook onto because they're born from experience as well. Mm. But from a multi-channel marketing perspective, it's making sure that, you know, you know what it's like as a parent, you're really highly distracted, you can be, I don't know, finding a quiet space to just have a scroll and just go, right, it's the moment for me, I'm just going to scroll through here. And then next thing, someone's, it's either gone deathly quiet in another room, so you know, that you need something to go wrong. and have a look at yeah. what's going on. Or Charcoal patterns on screaming. the wall are
0: going to appear or something. Yeah, yeah, we've got an issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or someone <laughs> screams
1: quick. and it's because the siblings push the other one over and then you get distracted yeah. and you stopped what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So that's why retargeting and it's quite interesting when we dig into kind of Google and look at kind of the touch points to a sale and how many touch points it's taking to get customers through to a sale when you're looking at different products. And it can be quite it can sometimes be longer on some of the products where, you know, it it is a product where they've been, you can tell that there's just so much going on in their lives, or they're scrolling before they go and pick up a kid yeah. from the school run and and all of a sudden the bell goes, so they've got to get out of the car, and it's mm. things like that. So yeah, it's quite interesting in terms of what we can kind uh, of think about from a strategy point of view.
0: That's really insightful, isn't it? Because um, I love this idea of targeting uh, mums who are awake in the middle of the night with sleep aids for kids. I think that's genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 it's there's we're we're just about to launch um, a new beauty brand, one another okay. econ business of ours. We're going to do a, a little beauty brand type thing, and I'm like, uh, it's really interesting. I'm just sitting there thinking. I'm actually tempted to tell the marketing team, why don't we just test Facebook ads at two o'clock in the morning when it's the least (laughs) competitive in the UK um, and just talk to new mums about, you know, skincare or something like that. Whether that, I mean, maybe they don't want to hear about skincare at two o'clock in the morning. But it's it's one of those things, isn't it, where Mm -hmm. we're all trying, I think, to target ads and to get people's attention. And we're all doing it between nine and five right there's these boundaries but actually what you're talking about here is thinking outside of the box a little bit and thinking more in line with your consumer and when they're going to be consuming content
1: exactly that, and it's 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 essential i mean certainly so far as email goes it's you know you need there's so much i mean i know my inbox Mm. is round and there's so much you know you've got to cut through that inbox you know it's about cutting through the feed how can mm. you on Facebook, you know, how can you create that cut through? How can you be the ad that yeah. stands out against everyone else? And it, again, with an inbox, it's the same thing. You know, how can you be the email that they go? Yeah. Oh, I'm just thinking about that. that well, that's what I need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I say, point. the
1: amount i spent on sleep aids during <laughs> the first year of my, my husband will be like, God. Oh, what are we trying now? What are we just
0: <laughs> We're going to do what? And you're like, don't talk to me. Don't ask any questions. I have not got any sleep. And exactly. Just, and you're just like, and the husband's like, sure. I'll sell the house, but what you? Whatever you want. Exactly that. That's what we're going to do. Uh, no, I've had three. I mean, my kids are at the other end of the spectrum now. My two eldest are at uni. My young daughter's at six form, and so um, if they're having sleepless nights, I don't hear about it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those now. <laughs> But I still remember the days well, uh, where that was a bit of a fraught time, especially with my daughter for the first two years. Yeah, and I we would have literally bought anything. I mean, well, that's the thing.
1: Yeah, and and the other thing is, you know, no two children are the same either. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't realise what a dream sleeper my first (laughs) was. Probably, fortunately, because I may not have had a second. (laughs) But they've definitely got that one the right way around. But, um, yeah, yeah, and it's just, you know, and we just learn. You know, so many of those experiences that we've had with children. So I've got one that's 11 and one that's um, five and a half. And you can just lean so much. And when Mm. you're looking at a team that's got approximately 12 to 13 children between us, We've mm. all come into the mix with completely different life experiences and, you know, working together cohesively to then mm. go, actually, this, this is the angle, this is the need, this is the problem. Yeah. Let's talk to yeah. that. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting how you mentioned that certainly new, <clears throat> m- I'm going to call the, the sector new mums, um, rightly or wrongly, but let's just, you know, we're talking new mums and you talk about, um, or maybe just mums in general, actually, it's a very distracted, Uh, target audience because Mm -hmm. they're just trying to find 30 seconds here and there you know I'm picking up the kids I'm on the look whatever it is you know Mm -hmm. you you find your time don't you Um, and it's easy to forget what you're doing because Johnny's crying or whatever you know and so dealing with a distracted market rather than something that's hyper focused is is an interesting challenge in itself. A few weeks ago, we had Neil Hoynes on the show. Now, mm-hmm. at the time of recording this interview, Hannah, it has not come out yet. It will be coming out soon, I think. Um, I say, no, I don't think it's come out yet. I just, I really should know my own schedule. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, the production team, Orion Media, shout out to Orion Media, they're amazing. Um, the production team uh, take care of all of that. But Neil Hoynes is the Chief Strategy Officer for Google. Okay, right? And his whole life is measuring data. And he was talking about how um, they measured for one lady who was buying a pair of shoes. Okay. Now, this is not a complex purchase. It's not like I'm buying a house or something that is yeah. super involved. It's a pair of shoes. And I'm, I appreciate people might be shouting at the uh, the phone now going, Oh, no, shoes are complex, Matthew. You're misunderstanding. Yes. <laughs> uh, in my head, shoes aren't complex, right? I, I have two brands I go to. I buy that one or that one. It's easy. Mm-hmm. But he was saying for this one lady um, that she had 236 points of connection with that company before the purchase. Wow. And he's he was like, this is um, email. This is Facebook ads. This is Google retargeting ads. This was ads on Instagram. This mm-hmm. was come into the website, read in a blog, you know yeah. I and mean, she would then stop, Big, obviously distractions or something was going on. I, it, and he was like, overall, there were 236 mm-hmm. uh, interactions before she actually put in her credit card details and purchased. And he's like, so who gets the sale? How do I attribute that yeah. sale? And it's like, it's obviously, the answer is it's virtually impossible to go mm-hmm. Well, it was when she was looking at that Facebook ad that she actually went from being really interested to yes, I've decided.
1: Okay, yeah, I've made my choice because you I'm don't it. do it. You know I
0: mean? and the reason I'm telling this story is because I, I'm you, you sort of you're distracted. when reminded me of it. There's a lot yeah. of these connections, which is why let's talk about multi-channel marketing. Yeah. Um, for me, multi-channel marketing now starts to make sense because. Yeah. In this hyper-distraction going on, we have to connect sometimes 230 times before we get the yeah. same.
1: And if, you, you know, we're, we're not, we don't focus our attention, do we? As humans, we don't spend, we're very much, you know, quickly, even if you're not a distracted mom, you're kind of looking at something, then you're looking at something else. People are watching Netflix and watching their phone at the same time. Yeah. You know, there's so many things going on in our brains and in our environment that it then becomes even more important to be kind Mm. of in this multi-channel presence but with the caveat of i think it's really important to be doing them well so don't go right okay i need to be everywhere so i'm just going to throw myself everywhere like throwing yourself everywhere and doing that badly is not gonna not gonna work either it's you know it's making sure that what you do do you do it really really well and then build out from there. But it's interesting, your point about the lady in the shoes, because we've worked with kids' shoe brands in the past, and that's quite an interesting one as well, because if you think about it, we're all kind of as parents conditioned to go through the misery of going to somewhere like clerks and sitting there for ages while you wait for your child's foot to mm. be measured, because we all know that it's really important to have children's feet measured because they're growing and things like that. And it was quite... It's quite an interesting one because I think shoes in general are quite difficult to sell online yeah. because you want to know how they fit and feel um, mm. different shoes come in, you know, they size differently per store and things like that. Some stores selling European sizes, some stores go by the UK sizes and things like that. And then that was a brand also that required a lot of touch points because you know, it's not just from an adult's perspective, you know what size foot you are. And so, therefore, you kind of can make an educated guess on what size it is. You've got the added dimension of then being responsible for making sure your child is wearing the right size shoe. And we know actually yeah. that that's really important in those early years is to have the right size shoe because, I mean, We'll tell ourselves all sorts of things as parents, you know, you could yeah. be damaging their feet if you don't get it right yeah. and all of those things yeah. going on in your brain. So that, again, was another brand that required so many touch points in order to get the sale because you were, you were having to address so many different barriers to purchase. In order, But one of the big things we knew was no one likes sitting in clocks for hours on end in a queue <laughs> with a million <laughs> other kids around them. <laughs> Well, snotty noses. Out, okay, now, probably. Yeah.
0: it's interesting isn't it but i mm-hmm. i'm thinking i mean we're talking a lot about shoes the shoe company that i yeah. use has an interesting shoe sizing policy and i'm always a little bit sketchy of it but what they have you do now is you they you put a piece of a4 paper on the floor and you put your foot on it and you take a photo and they're using the tech now to figure out mm-hmm. the right shoe size for you and which i think is 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 it's interesting isn't it as tech unfolds we can inc- yeah. we can add this and again this comes back to website conversion how do you help somebody buy it's like we're gonna help you get the right size straight yeah. away you know mm-hmm. uh, no dramas you know and all you need is a picture of your foot which uh, is quite clever when you think about it, is it clever. You know, and, and, and what you what you can do with that so let's talk then about multi-channel marketing I, it's very difficult this phrase, multi-channel marketing. I want to say multi-level marketing, but it's not. It's Mm. multi-channel. So is it better to market in four channels really well than in 10 channels at a sort of mediocre level?
1: I'd argue yes. I mean, you don't want to... Because the other thing is, you know, unless you've got infinite amounts of money to be spending on ad spend across as many channels as you like... You know, it's just no point watering down your ad spend and then not really achieving anything particularly well across anything. Um, mm. So you're better off kind of. And, and that's why we've got to this place where we are predominantly looking at that foundational piece is your email marketing. Make sure that's set up, that you've got those automations in place to capture anyone at any part of their journey. Um, Mm -hmm. and then layering that on with a real kind of awareness driver of Facebook ads, and then the kind of retargeting the extra things that Google can do alongside uh, Facebook ads and together they work really well. I would argue that kind of we're seeing more and more success with things like TikTok as well and layering that in. But again, Mm. I think that's really specific to the brand. And I think you could either just smash it on TikTok, or mm. you can be severely disappointed by what happens. And I think <laughs> that's kind of making sure that your yeah. brand is fit for purpose when it comes to TikTok, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's why our predominant focus has been on those three core areas because it's where we've been able to take a brand and go, okay, let, let's get out there, let's test, let's now scale. And let's use these three platforms to be able to scale you up to where you want to be. And then once we've got a hold of that and we've got that working mm. really well for you, now let's look at something else. Now let's look at something else. And, you, you know, there are so many things. You know, you, you look at SEO, which is, again, arguably really important. You look at things like Pinterest ads. They're all very long-term, slow burners. But they are important. But if you're looking for that kind of fast up, conversion and scale Mm. they're the places that you kind of need to focus your attention for our experience
0: yeah so if i'm a brand and i feel like we've reached a limit on those core ones so let's take google and Mm -hmm. facebook so let's assume they're our core foundational ones Mm. um whether it's Facebook or Instagram or something in the metaverse we should probably call it meta rather than Facebook I mean. yes, we uh, So meta. i've I've got my um meta ads running I've got my Google ads running and I kind of feel as a brand that I've reached the the zenith for or the zenith for American cousins um the zenith of that sort of mm. um ad spend and I come to you and I say listen i I don't feel like we're getting a you know we can get any we've sort of rung this dry Do you a believe me and go right? You should try TikTok, or do you b go? Can I have a look first because I'm not entirely sure? So before you go off and say do TikTok, let's look at um, Google and Facebook. And you tend to find actually what most owners perceive about their Google Ads and Facebook is not actually quite correct.
1: Yeah, that one. (laughs) That's what we. Yeah, that's what we (laughs) tend to find is you know you. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it kind of reminds me of the conversations that I have all too often with brands where they kind of say, oh, meta doesn't work for me. And you go, okay, let me just have a look, see why you think meta doesn't work for you. And, you know, it may be that they've had a bad experience with someone who has set them up in entirely the wrong way. They're not optimising the Mm. right things. They're not feeding enough creative into their campaigns and, you know, very much so now more than ever meta is about creative iterations and making sure that you have not just volume of creative but that there's diversity of creative as well so quite often you'll look in an account where someone has said it's just not working for us and there's always opportunity and there's always Mm. something that can be done to improve that performance um Mm. i don't think We've we've I mean we audit every business before we begin working with them. And I don't I don't think we've ever audited a business where we've gone, actually, do you know what you're right? That's you've
0: <laughs> you've, you've nailed it. You've
1: nailed meta, you don't need us. You've completed yeah, meta. Yeah, tight, well
0: yeah. done. On to the next one. On to the next one. Um what would the next one be? So what are some of the other channels um, you know, we're doing maybe we've not got it totally optimized and buttoned down but we're doing okay with Google yeah. Facebook and I'm feeling confident now about branching out. Mm. What are some of the other platforms that should be on my hit list? I mean you've mentioned TikTok, you know, a lot of people are talking about TikTok at the moment. And mm. um, but what should I realistically be thinking about?
1: I do think it's really dependent on the brand that and, and mm. what you're selling. I think that you know there's a lot to be said for TikTok and Pinterest I think that you'd see a faster conversion from the likes of TikTok it's a much faster kind of you know you can think about but again TikTok's only going to work for you if you can if you can produce the volume of creative and if you're not able to keep up with that volume of creative then don't start down that TikTok route at all um Pinterest if you're talking about a baby brands kids brands you've got that opportunity where people are building boards on their nurseries and things like that and that's a great opportunity to tap, tap into that psyche of that customer and where they are on their journey as they head towards having their first child or something so you know that's they're they're great options and it really I believe is specific to your product your brand and what you're trying to achieve and um, mm and going back to what we we spoke about with digital um pr i think you know that's a really valuable place to be and i think that's Mm. kind of only by doing that you are then putting yourself in a position where you're going to enhance performance on the channels that you're already putting paid traffic into Mm. so it's kind of layering on an additional element that's going to enhance what you're already doing
0: Mm. very good You talk about the volume of creative Mm. um, and uh, meta needs volume and Mm -hmm. TikTok needs volume. Just explain for those that might not know what that means and what that actually, what's involved with that.
1: Yeah, so um, it's ensuring that, obviously, it's dependent on ad spend. If you've got a really, really small ad spend, then you're restricted by how much creative that you can actually have running. But on most kind of accounts, you want to have a breadth of creative. So that's when we talk about um, volume of creative, we're talking about things like making sure that you've got static images, video, you've got carousels, you've got collection ads, you've got all sorts of different permutations of creative running in your account. But then equally of those creations, you've got variations of them. So you've Mm -hmm. got different kind of variations of that same creative, um, but it has to be different enough for AI to actually go, or the AI in, in meta to actually go, that is different. It's not the same. Mm. I can see that there's a difference between those two. Um, making sure that you're mixing kind of some very um, lifestyle creative and, and video with some more user-generated creative and, and things like that So You really are putting yourself in a position where the algorithm can feed creative and find the right user for that piece of creative and then find the winning pieces of creative. And then you're able to learn from the data, learn from what's working, what isn't working, and then that can mm. inform future choices and future decisions and what you do next.
0: That's going to be one of my questions, actually, because you're, it's in, you know, we're talking about the volume of creative, going back 25 years, I don't know, to when you know, <laughs> were working for the large agency. yeah, The agency would run one ad that's mm-hmm. what they would run they would put that ad in probably multiple magazines yeah um, it feels like this is quite different in the sense of i'm I'm running a hundred ads yeah um, rather than one uh, mm-hmm. and I'm now thinking rather than trying to create one fantastic ad i'm I'm sort of sp- spreading my resources to create a hundred ads if that yeah. makes sense yeah why why should I do that in you know, why Why can't I just create one ad and run with that one ad? Why do I need a hundred different ads, for example?
1: It's a bit like saying that all your customers are the same people. They're not the same people. They're kind of different people with different, you know, something that might appeal to you, might be for the same product, might not appeal to me. And how are you going to convert to entirely different people to purchase the same product? It's by putting mm. something different that's going to resonate with them in front of them. Um, I think the, you know, and and it's all about these touch points as well and it, it telling a story too. So, you know, it may be that something catches your eye initially and then, do you know who, sorry, I just had an idea of something that kind of plays into what I'm saying. Um, as an example, there's a company called Merry People that sell wellies. I'm fascinated by their ads. Their ads are merry people. Yeah, I stalk them them incessantly. (laughs) So okay, (laughs) they have nailed creative variation,
0: Mm.
1: and it's brilliant. So they will—you'll get one ad that will show you kind of how to wear the boots, how to style the boots. You'll get a next ad that will just hammer you with um, a visual, and then there'll be lots of. Um, testimonials alongside that visual. So it's a very simple cut out image and it's got loads of testimonials. Then there'll be user generated content. Then there'll be um, kind of a really beautiful stylized shot. Then there'll be something from the founder. And all the time you're building this picture of this brand. You're mm. building this picture of this product. Mm. And you're kind of getting to a point where you're going I want to be part of this. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's tackled your and um, the consumer from so many different angles that mm. ultimately the, you, you kind of feel infused into the brand. It's it's really and, it, and it's what, you know, if they're not the only people doing it, lots of people are doing it. I think they do it particularly well. Um, mm. And it's just so important as part of a strategy to not just go, oh, that's working. So that's what we're going to stick with. Mm. Because in order I to scale that. and grow, you need mm. that variant.
0: Yeah. No I love that I love I think it's it's a bit it's a, I guess we have the technology now where if I go back twenty five years and I'm picking up Vogue and there's an advert that Vogue yeah, yeah. knows who's picked up the magazine and yeah. so the advert changes accordingly
1: yeah
0: um uh, and so what I you know it sort of shows an advert which is going to resonate more with whoever's picked it up rather than yeah. just one generic ad mm, and definitely. I, I, I get that and I love how you talked about. Something I've not heard talked about much, actually, when it comes to Facebook ads, specifically Facebook ads, because I think Google, you know, is more about the shopping side of things. But with Meta, the opportunity you have to communicate your brand story in a yeah. way that resonates with the customer, rather than just going buy, 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 here's a product, buy, 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 um, but showing different sides of the company, showing different values, different yeah. brands, different, you know, and educating the customer. So the customer almost feels like it knows you. And it's not even, you know, the customer's not gone to your website. Um, I think it's quite a clever idea. Um, and it's I'm going to follow merry people, the Wellies. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll follow them. I, I don't yeah, even need let to say know I've say. mentioned their yeah. name twice. Facebook <laughs> will have heard it, and I dare say the ads will appear <laughs> up on my...
1: They in some try. kind of weird,
0: stalky way. And everybody listening to the podcast is now going to start getting these ads. And we and should go, have put up. an
1: affiliate link on there. So we should be getting a kick.
0: <laughs> Thousands of people all over the world are now going to their website. Going, it's really interesting. Um, no, that's, that's fantastic. And I think what tips, I mean, I'm aware of time, Anna, but um, we've opened up a can of worms here in a lot of ways. I'm kind of curious, what tips would you give people who are listening to the podcast um, and they're they're fairly new tweakers. So people like, say me, take away my background, I'm starting a new skincare brand, right? Mm -hmm. What sort of things should I be thinking about? Let's talk about that person. And then I wanna get your tips for the person that's like me that has a big e-commerce brand over here that is functioning in in, in all kinds of different ways. So uh, let's start with the the newbie.
1: So, basics, um, making sure that you've kind of optimized your website, making sure that you've got your foundations in place when it comes to email marketing and making sure that you're capturing emails and SMS and um, knowing your numbers, because it's surprising mm. how many people don't know their total margins. So they might know the margin on against cost per, you know, the cost of the goods to buy and then what they're selling mm. it for, but factoring in all those other elements in your business mm. that contribute to your margin so important um and then making sure that you've got a really good clear understanding of who your customer is and who is buying from you so that you can then build out strategies that lean into finding more people that like your existing customer to start and yeah. scale your brand yeah Fantastic. that's where I'd start
0: great and the established e commercer as i like to
1: call it yeah so if if they're already running ads they're generating a consistent turnover from our perspective it's it's making sure that we're those platforms are dovetailing into each other and working and supporting each other and doing what they should do um some of the things we look at in term when we come to scale is things like you know we'll have a brand that's saying to us one of our case studies is on a a brand that we've been working with where they had a great turnover but they were just seeing the same turnover month in month out and we kind of looked into that to see what was going on and actually identified that they had a great problem because people were repeat purchasing but they weren't bringing Mm. in anyone new to the business so our main strategy was about driving new customer acquisition whilst maintaining that customer loyalty so Mm. that that was the way to scale that brand which We just kind of exploded it for them because we were able to bring in lots and lots of new people, but we knew because of the way they ran their business and how successful they were at repeat purchase. Once we brought Mm. them in through the door, they were going to stick around. So that's how we scaled it. So I think it's about finding out what the bottlenecks are within your business. What are the problems and what are the things that are holding you back from taking it to the next level? So it could, it's really difficult to come up with a one size fits all approach to the next steps because it's going to be very different in each situation
0: no very good very good love that take notes ladies and gentlemen Uh, sage (laughs) advice um and listen i I am really aware of time uh if people want to connect with you if they want to find out more about neon digital clicks if they just a few questions they want to run past you what's the best way to get hold of you and see what you guys are up to
1: yeah, so we're we really active actually on Instagram. So you can head over to us on Instagram, we're at neon digital clicks there, or head to our website, which is neondigitalclicks.co.uk. We offer a free audit, so you can always jump in and we'll take a look at your business, see what's going on. Um so yeah, the best places are Instagram and our website.
0: Fantastic. Does Instagram work well for you?
1: Brilliantly. Yeah, it works really well. We 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 I kind of keep looking at other platforms, but it's where we kind of, it, it's yeah. kind of our, yeah, bread and butter, I'd say. It's where we get a lot yeah. of engagement, a lot of conversations happen. And it's been a great platform for us.
0: Yeah, fantastic. See, most people normally, they come on the show, um, this podcast or the, the other podcast that we have. Um, I'm kind of addicted to podcasting, if I'm honest with you. But... Um, <laughs> They come on the show and they'll normally share like their LinkedIn. You know, yeah. LinkedIn is the most better. Yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Um, less and less people are saying, find me on Instagram, unless mm. they've got like a personal brand. But you're an agency on LinkedIn doing well, which I find quite yeah. fascinating. So,
1: yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. Uh, it's, an, it's an unusual thing, but it's awesome. Uh, we're on so LinkedIn we will definitely too, go check it out.
1: But we are on LinkedIn too, but I would say Instagram's where the we good stuff happens.
0: <laughs> that's where the magic happens is Ouch, on Instagram. It is. and this show is not sponsored by anything to do with Instagram just to be totally clear no. now uh, that's that's brilliant uh, Anna listen we will of course link to all of those things in the show notes as well which people can get along for free uh, at the website ecommercepodcast.net or of course if you subscribe to the newsletter they will be winging their way to you just click the links in the email and you will find them Anna listen thank you for coming on to the show uh, super enjoyable conversation. Loving Thank your backgrounds. You. Loving the insights into family and um, uh, multi-channel marketing, not multi-level marketing. Uh, multi-channel marketing, and um, I, I, I loved your ideas about um, stories. You know, using Facebook Meta Ads to sort of yeah. tell a story, which I, and, and build your brand that way. I think it's very clever. Um, so, genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank huge, you. huge thanks.
1: Thanks very much.
0: No, but it's. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, also a big shout out to today's show sponsor, the e-commerce cohort. Remember to check out their free training uh, or free training. Just check out them out. It's all at ecommercecohort.com. More information in there. Come join me in there. It's great fun. Uh, also, be sure to follow the e-commerce podcast wherever you get your podcast from, because, of course, we have more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, let me be the first to tell you, you are awesome. Yes, you are, created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Anna has to bear it, I've got to bear it, You've got to bear it as well. Now, the e-commerce podcast is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is the wonderful Sadaf Bainon and Tanya Hutzelak. Our theme song was written by Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head to the website ecommercepodcast.net. That's it from me. That's it from Anna. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.